Christy. Welcome to a new week. Uh, and it's, it's a five-side podcast here. Restrictions are easing. And we all ca- we're all dying to get to the pub. Yeah. Well, some of us have been to the pub. Oh, look at me. I've been to the pub already. Yep. Um, that's the voice of Matthew Thompson. Hello, folks. We've also got Ross Tour. Hi, all. Craig Gregor. Evening. And Billy Kirkpatrick. Good evening. Good evening, indeed. Um, it was Scottish Cup weekend again. It feels like it's been Scottish Cup weekend for the past month now. <laughs> That's just where we are. Um, all Premiership sides taking part in this weekend. Expected, really. Well, usually expected. There was no real cup sets in the in the previous round. Oh, by a championship or lower side. Unfortunate, but you know, it's just the way it is. Um, before we go there, uh, obviously there was uh, League Two, League One, and Championship football on. Shock story of the weekend is uh, League Two champions Queens Park losing out one nil to um, Stranraer. The first loss of the we weekend. The first loss of the year. Yeah. Not the first loss, of, first that, loss of the weekend. You know, not very good from Queens Park. Uh, we love you, Queens Park. Well, I mean, it was the first loss of the weekend. The it wasn't. The, it wasn't the only loss of the weekend. So if you want the silver lining. Mm-hmm. Uh, in relegation in the relegation. Uh, another group. shock story is uh, Air didn't lose. That's true. Didn't, didn't even but that, they're not. They're not in, that league in, two. Not in League Two. Not yet. Knob. Um, not yet. Cowden Beath uh, winning away two 0 to Stennis Muir. Albion Rovers. Rovers one 0 winners against Annan, and Sterling one 0 winners against Edinburgh City. That's your League Two action. Not much changing there. Um, no, not really. It does get um, Phil Cowden beat up level in points with Annan. And after Billy's not so positive review of their game last last week, I'm surprised they got some points. Yeah, well, these things happen in football. In football. League One, um, spicy as ever in the the promotion group. Falkirk and Cove Rangers, two champion, two uh, title fighting sides, uh, drawing two each. After Cove Rangers went went ahead with about fifteen minutes to go, but they couldn't hold on and um but four minutes from the end, Connor Salmon does does Partick some some favours and puts them in the driver's seat <laughs> because they won one nil over here to Onions. Not funny, Matt. No, I'm just laughing at the photo of Connor Salmon. I seen again. Alright, okay. <laughs> Is that the one with the pizza? Yeah, it was the one with the family standing behind them. Have you seen that <laughs> right, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one come up again. The one with him with a pizza, and he's just not smiling. You know, he doesn't want to be there, but he's there anyway. In the relegation the fight, face is, the face of Scottish football. The relegation side group, if you want to call it, East five two one winners of over to Barton and Peterhead uh, romping Clyde when they were down to ten men as well. Poor Clyde. Uh, they are a poor team, that Clyde. Don't know who would lose to them. Yeah, I know. Uh, talk about teams that lose to Clyde. Uh, Air, they didn't lose. Well done. Woo! But it was a nil-nil draw, so they didn't win either. Um, the first ever nil-nil draw um, between the two sides at Somerset Park. But there you go. There's your fun fact of the week. Dundee 2-1 winners over Wraith. 
Hearts 3-0 winners over Inverness. Morton drawing one each with Alloa. That, that helps their chances of safety. Slightly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most exciting game of the weekend in the championship was Dunfermline 4 or Brove 3. A good game. It was quite an exciting game. Um, yeah. Confirm uh, when two goals ahead, I both managed to bring it back. And then he went in our two goals ahead and I both almost brought it back again, but they only managed to get the one the second time round. Two two fairly early goals from Dunfermline. And then two quick goals together uh, from Arbroath before half time. And, well, they. They all they all got all but got it won until the last sort of ten minutes when our both looked like they were going to come back into it again. She brings keeps her well, doesn't bring them but keeps her both down in that um that fight between the three teams. Mm-hmm. One one point in it. It's given Air a real yeah. sort of lifeline for next week. Friday. Yeah. Um. To that means means that Air do just need to draw. Yep. It's a not lose game against Inverness. Inverness. Mm-hmm. Or. If we do lose, we really need Arbroath to win. I didn't realise that that was the um, thing, Is The playoff places confirmed for promotion. Uh, yes. Dunfermline, Dundee and Wraith, the playoff well, teams. Although there could still be some movement between themselves. Between themselves, yes. Yeah. But... Good win from Dundee. Puts them in a good position to push for that second place, which, with the current playoff system that we've got in the championship, could make quite a big difference being second instead of third. Yeah, one less game to play. Exactly. And less chance of going to Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait, no, they wouldn't be away. Oh, no. Yeah, but nobody wants to play Dunfermline. <laughs> Whatever Matt said, yes, I agree. Mm. Yeah, it would be, be interesting on Friday night. And, um, I think there is a televised match, but I don't think it's a good one. Uh, it's the Hearts race game. Mm, well, it, which when it was announced was first v second. To be fair, so well, it still is first v second. Why it was chosen? Well, yeah, but I suppose Wraith first v second with a chance of something to be done. I suppose Wraith have a they've got they've got to try and hold on to second place. Mm-hmm. So I suppose there's something to play for. Yeah, yeah, but would have been a much better uh, viewing it in. Or both Martin, I would think that would be the real fight of the match. Probably, yeah, that's probably the one I'd have picked. Um, regardless of what happened, it's been some achievement for Rafe to get as far as um, they have. Cause I don't think many people expected them to be second at this point in time. I think a lot of people expected probably Dundee, you'd say, at the start of the season would be second. Well, it all boils down to one final night of excitement. So. We'll obviously bring you updates from that when 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 it happens. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the main event, the Scottish Cup, because well, it's Cup weekend. You can't not talk about the cup and four games that turned out to be fantastic. Um, and they end up three of them. Yep, three of them going to penalties after extra time. <clears throat> Some achievement from a. Uh, Hibs, Motherwell, Rangers, St. Johnson, Kilmarnock and St. Mirren to, to give us those long games. 
over the weekend. And it started off when Hibs took on Motherwell. And they went ahead just after half time through Christian Dodge, then secured a second um, just 10 minutes before the end, uh, Jackson Irvin. And somehow in the final 10 minutes, Motherwell managed to grab two goals, two minutes to spare, and take it to extra time, in which no one scored. And it was uh, it was penalties that decided it. It was um, a really. Well, I'm sure most people would have thought when the Hibs got their second goal, and with ten minutes to go, that was them comfortable in the tie. They, Motherwell didn't really trouble them too much at all before. Then mm-hmm. they would have just thought that so I'll just see it out, and then the Hibs just. Defence just disappeared, conceded two goals, and puts the tie at risk. Yeah, they absolutely. They hips they, it. they almost hips Very it. almost. They, they did manage well, to get through. Pulled it back. It was a good old hipsig until the penalties, and they managed to hold it together. I mean, fair play to Motherwell. They 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 stuck in right to the last, and Tony Watt popping up with a, a crucial goal to take them to extra time and penalties, but. Just wasn't to be. Stephen O'Donnell with a, a nice cut. Yeah, it was Stephen O'Donnell. You know, we're all fans of him here in this podcast. One for the Scotland squad. Maybe. It's just a, it's a shame that Hibs, uh, not Hibs, Motherwell missed two penalties so quickly, so early on. You net your first penalty and you kind of should, should usually drive you on, but to miss the next two after that, and they almost got a let off with Kevin Nisbet missing his penalty, but it was not to be. It wasn't to be. And uh, put Hips through as what are now the favourites um, after some other games. After the other games, they are. Yeah, I'd, I'd say they're favourites now. Favourites based on league positions. Just uh-huh, now. yeah. Um, but obviously it's a cup and anything can happen. And we've seen yeah, that this season. Obviously. Uh, and fair play to Hibs got to say I get into both semi-finals this, this season I think, they've been, the season. I think they've been really impressive this season as a whole like the, you can tell Jack Ross has got a game plan he knows what he's knows what he's doing Is it a quite a well organised team they did, they've had some questionable results in the league where um, they just they were kind of lucky that Aberdeen weren't really at the races either. They might not have managed to get third, but um, they've done well to well, all but secure that third place now um, and get themselves into both semi-finals. So. It's pretty much in the bag, that their, their league position, and they'll be, they'll be pushing for European football. Well, they've guaranteed themselves European football where they finish third oh, yeah. or fourth uh-huh. um, or win the cup. Either of them will get them European football. It is quite exciting. The prospect of uh, one of these teams that's left is going to get guaranteed European group stage football. Yeah. Um, and it's 
it's not even though it's going to be guaranteed group stage in the Conference League, it's not against Diddy teams, even though it's called the Conference League. Like I've seen some, I, I don't know who's predicted to be in it now, but I remember uh, a few months ago they were predicting like Napoli and like Liverpool to be the teams that were going to be in the Conference League based on the positions. But I don't know what um what it's like. Yeah, I've not not seen anything. Be... Nothing's been confirmed yet, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be tremendous um, for a lot of these teams, income-wise, because these games are going to be on TV, depending if they could get a glamour tie against a Napoli or a Liverpool, etc., bringing huge revenue for the clubs that could help them push on to cement. And then you th- you think like if they can get out of their groups and get knock, 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 knock stage, that's not it, uh, knockout knock football, stage. then... Yeah, because I think third place get out of the group or something. I can't, I I can't remember how the system all worked a... now, but... I think it's best a playoffs. Uh, best of thirds or something to that. Yeah, it's it's all a confusing system right now, but we'll, we'll just we'll mm-hmm. see as it goes along. But um, even if they don't get like they've got the they've still got they went to Europa League playoffs, but but they've got a chance of going to the Europa League group stages. Which yeah, a crack at that first as well, which is good. Yeah, I think I seen that they were guaranteed roughly about three and a half million. Um, and that's that's if they lose all that, the games if they win. That's significant money to to some of the teams there as well. Like I do wonder how some of these teams would fare in the Europa League because um, credit where credit's due. Some of these teams aren't aren't anywhere as bad as what people people make them out to be. I think like yeah. a team like Hibs, who have actually got quite a decent quality of player, would actually surprise a few teams. Well, some of the teams are in. The Europa League this season, like um, you had Dundalk, like I would put Hibs to beat Dundalk. Um, I I can't can't remember any of the other lower end teams off the top of my head. Um, but like it'd be even good to see how they fare against the better opposition, like even like the the, the mid table Premiership sides and stuff like that. Like, um, obviously it's not quite mid table; it's like seventh, sixth, seventh place. Um, but yeah, huge. Um, a, a huge. Well, I don't know. Some people could class it as an upset. The next afternoon, um, as Aberdeen ran out three 0 losers to Dundee United. They are so fucking. But in bad. the current state of Aberdeen, I wouldn't class it as an upset. Really, it was certainly so on the cards, bad. and I unfortunately watched um, the majority of this game and Aberdeen just I think I don't know who it was, I've seen someone saying I think it was Pine Bovel saying that uh, they've they've went from a team that couldn't score uh, to now being a team that can't score and can't defend Yeah I'd say that yeah um, I think Stephen Glass has got like a massive job in his hand, he's got Again, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pin that all on him. I mean, yeah, obviously. he's he's inherited a tragic team at the moment, and he's got a bit of work to do to sort of fix that over the summer. But we'll see what he can do before we make any actual judgment because this isn't his team. Just, I, do, I don't understand it because Camberry Hibs and Camberry and his short spell at Rangers as well. He looked, he looked like a really good player, but at Aberdeen he doesn't. Look like he knows where the net is half the time. He's done well on some occasions when I've seen him. Just it's almost like the whole Aberdeen team weren't up for it. They couldn't string a pass together in the first half. It was 
embarrassing, really. Um, they looked like a team that were scared. Like they couldn't seem uh-huh. to like. They had so much possession, they just d- didn't create it, turn, turn it into chances. And Dundee United, they had, what, five shots in the first half, three on target, and two of them ended up in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Just, like, awful breakdowns in, in Aberdeen's defence and just let them in. Because it was just kind of a must, well, not a must win for Dundee United, but it would have been really embarrassing if they had rested their side midweek and then go out and didn't put out a performance. Um, it would have just been all for nothing to get absolutely pumped off Kelly for nothing. Mm-hmm. Billy was going to say something there. Yeah, thank you. Too, too many passengers for Aberdeen. Um, you look at that squad, I'd get rid of about 10 of them straight away. Too many passengers. Too, too many people just content with getting a wage, content with, you know, playing substandard football. They lacked any sort of desire to even try and compete. It just looks as if they wanted to be anywhere else but the pitch. It just, it was. Had Dundee United played well and won 3 0, you can have no complaints. But Dundee United had the moments, but the, Aberdeen were just so bad. I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think, okay, yes, you have to take your chances. Yeah, and fair play to Dundee United for doing that. But Aberdeen were so bad. I mean, just so many players just disinterested, disengaged, I'm, basic mistakes. I'm, you know. I mean, if you look at that starting lineup, it's a relatively <laughs> strong team, and the bench isn't terribly half bad. Some of the players on it, but their substitutions when you're three goals down to bring on a 19 year old, um, and then oh, shut the page, a 19 year old inexperienced player, and then Dylan McGeoch off the bench, like. It leaves a bit to be sort of desired, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And then another 19-year-old off the bench with 10 minutes to play when you're trying to push for something. I suppose that's what uh, Stephen Glasso did at Atlanta. You know, he was very much a youth-focused coach. So... I understand focusing on youth, but when you're down goals, bring on... Not that they've got players that they could trust mm. on the bench, but like bring on someone who's... You look at that bench. Score a goal. Who who would you bring on? I don't, I, I don't know. It just it feels weird to me taking off Hendry at striker and bringing on an, like a, a young young boy instead of bringing on someone like like Fraser Hornby who's got a bit more experience. He's got that experience at under twenty ones level for Scotland mm-hmm. with with no he's goals. Boy, yeah, he doesn't score goals though. Yeah, no, but I I just feel he he he's more likely. To pop up with a goal, than someone would no ex- like no experience at any sort of level, significant I, level. I think at this point, like they've got major problems. I, I don't think Hornby or Camberry have really um, proven themselves to be perhaps Aberdeen's quality. I, I don't know if that's me being a bit harsh on them, but I mean they're go- No, that's a fair point. One goal. Their goal scoring record is incredibly poor. I think what 
Um, seven games for each of them, one goal. That was Camberry that scored the one that even I think Craig could have probably scored. Um, Clinical finisher. To be fair, he's a golden boot winner, Craig. But it's just, it's just awful. Yeah, they they lost they lost their bet their their biggest goal scorer, their best striker, and they've not built on it. Like when they brought when they brought in Hornby, you think that's that's a like a decent signing. He's got experience at youth level and he can. Well, he could score a goal for international, so surely he can he can pick up and score a couple of goals for Aberdeen. But to, I I don't think he's been given very much a great opportunity at them. But and they've been a bit of a lackluster side this season. But still, you'd expect them to at least get a goal. Yeah. I have to laugh though. Aberdeen have brought in you know the the striking coach Alan Russell. But they don't have a striker. They, they, they don't. They don't, have a good they don't, they don't have a, I mean, Camberry, you know, apart from his one goal against Livingston, has been as much use as a, you know, a polished shit. Hornby is just a runner. He just runs. <laughs> just runs. Hasn't scored. Hasn't scored a competitive. Like, disregarding international football, where you're playing your ditty teams like San Marino and all that garbage, you know. I could score against San Marino, you know. He's not scored. The last time he scored was a nineteen twenty season for some Belgian diddy team, you know. So he's not a striker, and you've got the young boys who you, you, obviously you can't blame them because they're young and inexperienced. But you know, there, there isn't a striker there to score goals. Callum Hendry. Right. Callum Hendry is a, a decent goal scoring striker, but he's not. He had a decent season a couple of seasons ago with St. Johnson. Didn't really get get fire in this season. Then got shipped out to Aberdeen. And just not performed at any, like anything yet. I mean, for Aberdeen, I see if I was, um, he's two goals. Uh huh. One against Kelly when they couldn't defend, and one against Dumbarton, mm. who played with three million games in two days. What's that? Two goals in twelve games. That's dreadful. Yeah, that's not good. If I was, um, if I was Scott Brown, I'd be getting on to. Lee Griffiths and try and get him to follow him to Aberdeen be a kind of a, a goal a, a proven goal scorer it's what um, Aberdeen need where they play him with one of the younger guys and try and get them like perform get a link there but I think Lee Griffiths would be a great signing if Aberdeen could try and get him he's 100% what they need a guy that knows how to score goals and I think yeah. Cos- Cosgrove although um like he wasn't a natural goal scorer. He still brought that side to his game was physical and whatnot, and he never really replaced him. Replaced him with two loan signings who who haven't cut it. So I think if uh, if Aberdeen do get um, Griffiths, I think that would probably be one of the best signings of the season for them, if he could um, get himself fit. Even if he doesn't. If he's not if he's not able to get himself back to full full fitness, but he's one of those players where, like like he said, if you're looking to your bench for a player at any point, he's one of those players you can always look to at the bench. If, if you're asking me, I don't think it happens, but it is certainly they need someone that knows how to score goals, and <laughs> it sounds weird, but like if you're playing for Aberdeen. I don't think you necessarily need to be like full fitness because you're not playing as much football. 
also if you're playing at Celtic and Rangers, you're playing two times a week, basically from the start of the season, from before the start of the season, actually. So, and those teams, you have to be up there. You have to be the best of the best fitness level wires. But when you're at your Aberdeens, your St. Johnsons, you don't have to be necessarily. Also, you have to be fit. You can't just like be a wee fat shit and run about like a dick. Although Chris Boyd got away with it for for quite a while, at Kelly. Like Chris Boyd, he was a uh, like, himself by being a little lazy guy. Yeah, but like, to be fair, his Stevie Mates at Johnson, he's not the fittest guy, but he still managed his, and he's he's just got himself a new contract with him as well. He still manages he to did. play week in week out and pops up with a goal every so often. So. I certainly think it would, it would be a good move for Aberdeen and for Lee Griffiths as well. Yeah, because re- yeah. realistically, um, unless he magically gets unbelievably fit from now until the start of next season, he's nowhere near Celtic plans, I wouldn't think. Depends, I reckon Jose Mourinho is sitting looking at, oh, he can score three kicks, we'll keep him. <laughs> um, he's not Same scored a free kick in like two seasons, but yeah. <laughs> Dund- yeah Dundee United though, fair fucks to them. I think quite a lot of people sort of might have written them off because they've been a bit up and down this season. They've just come into the league at the championship, but they struck out well reasonably early inside twenty minutes, which I'd consider early. Um, piled on more pressure and more pressure on Aberdeen and got a second before half time, and it pretty much killed the game off at that point. Dundee United are one of those teams that on their day they are a, a decent enough side they can put themselves up there with a better with just the inconsistencies this season or is what they're struggling they've got the they certainly got enough goal scorers in their team anyway I was going to say they've um, certainly got goal Franklin, scorers Clark and McNulty like they're all decent strikers mm-hmm. um, it's just they really struggled to find any consistent form this season to even try and help them get into top six yeah. I mean they almost managed it in the last day of the season but not the last day season, the last day pre-split anyway. Yeah, like wh- when you're looking at the comparison between the Dundee attack and Dundee United attack and the Aberdeen attack, and sort of like McNulty's yeah, proven as a as being a good goal scorer. Shanklin's, although being in Championship level, but he's done it. He's scored goals for fun um, in the Championship. He's a good goal scorer, and obviously Clark like he, lo- he loves popping up with goals, assists. I mean, it's just a it's quite a frightening front front three when they're all firing. Yeah. Compared to Aberdeen, who Kennedy, who since he's been to them, has not really done much. Hendry, like you said, he's only scored two goals. Camberry, who just isn't there, is just. Doesn't I mean, seem to be there half Ab- the time. Aberdeen's. Uh, I know. I know you guys disagreed with me at the start of um, when he moved, but one of Aberdeen's best uh, uh, attacking threats, Scott Wright, obviously left. That's another huge blow. A guy that could actually maybe change a game with a bit of pace. It, they just don't. They just don't have it. They. They don't have. Well, like they're such a predictable team to play against. I think that's. It's gotta take a huge ask. I do think I do think in fairness to Aberdeen they are missing Ryan Hedges, personally. Yeah. 
you know, before he get injured. Yeah, seen... I, I, I think I, I, at the start of the season, I said, like, I, I really like him, but I really dislike him. Like, he's one of those annoying players that he, he will go down quite easily and he will buy fouls, they say. But... He was the only one that was going to change the game for Aberdeen in games. Oh, he, he drives and he digs in and some of his runs from, from the wing and cutting into midfield and running like at defenders is what they miss because they don't have players that run at defenders. Yeah. Right, well, let's not get talking about Aberdeen's uh, no. attack. No. We've got an exciting game next, I'm sure, Drew. It is, is uh, an exciting game. Is, can't wait to tell us about Drew's going to tell us all about it. Um, everyone will have heard, but it is... It, it, it was... Uh, <laughs> Was Rangers nil, St. Johnson oh, nil. for the other game. <laughs> no, no. Rangers nil, St. Johnson nil. Uh, went to extra time. Rangers thought they had it one, three minutes to go. Uh, two minutes in to added time and extra time. And uh, Xander Clark comes up and everyone's looking at him and no one sees him. The, the Rangers defence just don't. Don't pick him up. Don't. Everyone's looking at him, but no one marks him. Alan McGregor's screaming, pointing at him, but no one's no one's moving towards him. He, he jumps up, he gets a free header, albeit not the best of head connections on it, but he gets down towards goal and um, Chris Kane's standing there at back post. And I think he's a bit unaware of it, but it bounces off him and goes in the back of the net. And... Yeah. Like you said, it may not have been a good header from uh, Xander Clark, but... Once you win that initial header so closely in the six-yard box, it's... He put the right direction on it. He put it down the way, yeah. which is where you want to be putting I mean, it when he's that close it, in. It was 100% a striker-style header. I always try like knock it down and try and mm-hmm. hit it into the ground. Um, uh-huh. I guess I'll start to... I'm sure at first he thought he scored it, but um, um, later I'll... to find out that... I'll just start uh, talking about the game. Um, quite a boring game, to, to be completely honest with you. Um... I think St. Johnson, well-organised, ex- actually extremely well-organised. Um, I know many of you who do listen regularly think I'm mere McStaunch, and um, you all, are. All, all I do is um, talk about Rangers, etc., which I often do. But, That's what you're here for. Um, cre- credit to St. Johnson where it's due. Um, I-, I thought they were excellent at points. Um Sean Rooney in particular, a very good game. Um, I felt he was a threat all day. Um, well, just from the short highlights that I watched, like they were putting bodies on the line late on into the like into the in the normal ninety minutes, blocking shots and just getting the ball to fuck really. Um, and that's what you need. Yeah, um, obviously Rangers did have a couple of chances. Um, Morelos hit the post. Um, then had another chance. Sander Clark saved. I think another chance that he just put just slightly wide. Um, but the chances that come at, at that level, it's just, a, it's just the luck of the draw. If you, if you don't take your chances, you're going to get punished by any team in this sort of level in the SPFL, um, and especially in the Cup when it's all to play for. Um, extra time, pretty boring, um, to be honest. Um, I think, I don't know if the stats are actually true, but what I'm looking at, like Rangers had 
nine, 13 chances in normal time. Uh, St. Johnson only had like three or something. Yeah, I mean, attempts and then an extra time, it, it almost like a, it's like the momentum swung St. Johnson's way and they got five, five attempts on goal and two on target. Uh, I think if if I think if Rangers were to have won that game um, after ninety minutes, I don't think anyone would have had many complaints. But if you don't take your chances, you don't score goals. So, mm-hmm. um, agree. Yeah, I think R- Rangers did not play at the level I think many expected them to. Obviously, they rested guys midweek against St Johnson, and it came to the weekend, and they and they were flat. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying that it was weird to make so many changes from midweek. Um, I, I know think, obviously that the, the, the idea of midweek was to rest players. I think the big one for me um, would be um, Scott Wright. I felt midweek actually gave St. Johnson quite a torrid time. I feel he probably merited um, a pick at the weekend. I don't think mm-hmm. Haji did. Um, I think yeah, that's one I've seen people talking about. I think that kind of um, bit them in the, the butt, should I say. Because when he came on, he was um, like one of the players that actually seemed to try and seemed to go up players and sort of what they really needed. And it was just li- too little too late. And penalties, obviously Xander Clark, the hero, um, some great saves. And credit goes to him and the rest of St. Johnson team because... To put penalties away under pressure and being underdogs takes real mm-hmm. guts and um, real fight, and he did that. So fair play. To I'll him. ask. I'll ask you this: Do you think it was weird that I know? Obviously, it's like Tavernier is the penalty taker; he's the captain. Do you think it was weird that he took the first penalty after being out for so long? Um, no, nah, not really. I think he's. I think. I think they have a, a system where they know who's taking the penalties. So I don't think. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Tavernier didn't look fit I think um, many people w- who watched 90 Minutes could have told you that Yeah. Um, I was going to say it's tough in your second game back after being injured for 2 months to have to play 120 minutes yeah and he didn't, he didn't look um, greatly confident when he stepped up for his penalty either um, throughout the game I don't think he looked um, very sharp obviously coming back from an injury it's never going to be easy but he just didn't look at it uh, it was a it was a poor penalty from him as well. Going to be a tough one for him for the rest of the season. Even if like if he's not fully fit, he doesn't. Well, I'm sure you could manage to find something to make it work if he wasn't able to see out a game. But, but the thing we get no more, no more right for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, Balogun's Balog- I mean, out could, injured you, for the rest of the season. Um, you could maybe play like a three. I don't know if change it to a three at the back system and put Jack Simpson in, in as well, but. I, I don't um, know. They need they need to find something to do because um, I don't at, at the current rate. I don't think Tavernier sees out the season without getting injured again. Yeah, without getting um, injured again. Obviously, yeah. it's, ca- it's captain obvious, um, which many people will be afraid to say. But if Patterson wasn't so um, stupid, he probably would have been playing, um, and things could have been a lot different. We don't know what would have happened, but him playing well um, would have certainly have gave. Rangers more of a chance in playing Tavernier, who was extremely jaded and just didn't look at it. It's just stupid. Yeah, just it's stupid from Patterson that. to do that this season of all seasons. Like, 
when it is there is the restrictions on sports bubbles there was a global pandemic there still is a global pandemic like we're only just starting to get out of this uh, properly 100 percent. we could we've spoke about it um oh, any other season uh-huh. about the stupidity of it all and any other I season think... that happens all the time but yeah just he, kn- he knows he knows himself I'd... If he doesn't know himself, he's got a problem. He, he'll know fine well yeah. that he'd have probably have played and probably have had a himself. game. And he's um, ruined it for himself. It's one of those ones where does it, does it come down to poor management from Gerard now? Because if he just let them serve the ban when they initially got it and let them, they would have, they would have finished the ban well before now. Mm-hmm. Although they wouldn't, they wouldn't have had any right backs before then. But I'm sure they could have made something work. I'm sure they've got a decent. They've got a decent enough squad. I'm sure there's players that can fill into that uh-huh. position. You'd rather to see out some of the league games and stuff, and some of the cup games against like the the lesser opposition, and then have both of them available for the final run in to try and get. That's the, what I see it. I'd rather have a player. I'd rather have a player available later at more crucial stage than like an early cup stage. If you know what I mean. I think so. Early on in the cup, you're not getting the great sides. You can play weaker, t- like a, a weaker. Especially like we played side. Cove, who. Um, uh huh. I mean, they're good for their level, but they're not. They're not Premiership quality, and they don't really pose a challenge to Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, like a make a makeshift right back would have. Been would have made or, yeah. Like, Leon Leon King, Cove, who's like... seventeen, obviously, is now on the bench. As a right back, he could have yeah. easily have played. Um, well, he might see himself. He might see himself yeah. getting some chances. To what play. I believe, off the top of my head, he he plays centre half, but he also plays centre half slash right slash right back if needed. So we could get a chance at right back if if Tavernier's not up to it. Some Um, in some games, definitely be interesting because I I know Gerard spoke in depth about um, Tavernier. We gave him longer to recover, but he really Mm -hmm. he really didn't look like it. He looked lethargic. He looked done in and. um, he looked extremely be, out of possession. It could just be lack of match fitness, to be fair, though, which you can't. You're all seeing the last. You can't, you can't regain that in recovery yeah, process yeah. without yeah, playing you're matches. Right. You're right. Some, uh, that's sometimes why players, when they get injured, they end up they play like a couple of reserve games before, yeah. but also that's difficult this season with restrictions no and league. no reserve league, yeah. But yeah, um, that's all I've got to say, just apart from well done St. Johnston again. Well done St. Johnston, St. Johnston, yep. <laughs> that's not how you say it. Um, but they are on, they are on for a cup double. And uh, another team to make it the both, both semi-finals, yeah. Yep. So that's, we did have three teams making it to both semi-finals. Um, and the last one is um, St. Mirren, who, who pulled off, I mean, I guess is. Uh, in terms of goals being scored and just general action for a whole hundred and twenty minutes, this was this was the game, and it, it was last probably night. Probably probably put down as a tie round. Yeah. Uh, so what was it after ninety minutes? Two each. Yeah. Two each. And one each in extra time, and it went to penalties as well. I've got to say though, from watching the highlights, it's a bit. <laughs> The defending from both teams is not fantastic in the first half. Yeah, it's not. I think it's two teams that are 
they've not done the best in the league this season. So Mirren have done well for the size of the club there. They've finished mid-table. Um, I think so, I think so Mirren They were pushing for top really six. Well. They had an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, they've got to the, they've got to the league cup semis as well. Uh-huh. I think they've had um, a decent season. Yeah. But um, they, they did. They were probably the better team to win in, in my opinion until they got their goal and then they just kind of seemed Flattened to off. switch. Yeah. Kelly got two goals back into it and then Kelly probably could have went on and scored more. Probably should have went on and scored more. Um, fairly dominated St. Mirren for the first half of the, the second half and then seemed to St. Mirren change some stuff up and then St. Mirren got himself back into the game. Got a, got a late free kick and whipped it in. Got the equaliser to take a extra time. Yeah. I mean that you need luck like that, sort of. Well, not luck, but you need like those last minute goals. You don't don't expect them all the time, but they got it, and it and it kind of swung the momentum for a bit. And an extra yeah, time, going in, they going into extra time uh-huh. with uh, that goal and put some momentum on. Then, and especially Kelly went down to ten men. Where was it Kabamba that went off injured? I can't remember. I, um, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. Was. Yeah, what well, was? Someone had someone got forced off injured, and they'd already used all their subs. Yeah, because they used all their subs basically straight away at the start of extra time, or the last two subs. Um. So it was always going to be an uphill battle from Kelly, but then, bang, in comes Don Robertson. Yep. They, <laughs> nah, I think it's a penalty. You you do think it's a penalty? Yeah. What? Yeah. You yeah, serious, yeah. I only I've only seen it once from one angle, but I think it's a penalty. Yeah, I, 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 no genuine, no genuine. I've only seen it. I've only have only seen it once. So don't like, don't take it to heart if it's not. A, you don't think it's a penalty, but I mean, I'm not saying it's an obvious one that Don Robertson should have been getting, but it was tight. From the angle I've seen, it, it just really looked like, like it, it did. From the angle I've seen, it just looked like the Samaritan player was a bit clumsy. I don't know if it was a penalty. Billy, have you got any top comments on that? Uh, um, obviously, the penalty lottery was uh, enforced last night. Um, I don't think it's a penalty, personally. Uh, it didn't look a penalty. It looks like he got the ball, but it wasn't the worst decision he made. <laughs> I mean, you've got to take them, though, like... It's one of those ones where you've got to be careful in those situations and the referee sees it as the referee sees it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I, I, I don't think it was a penalty, but then uh, that is uh, Don Robertson for you. He's, uh, as Billy said, it was a penalty lottery and then um, he might have felt like he had to Redeem himself later on, and and gave St. Mirren another questionable penalty. I don't think it was questionable; it just wasn't a penalty. I, I I don't like I don't see how he he could think it was a penalty. That that this one, the St. Mirren one, was a lot more obvious of a non-penalty for me. The keeper clearly comes in, makes a clean clean connection with the ball. Yeah, he's already got the, the ball, ball before he before he takes the player. It's that he, he he tries to collect the ball, but the ball bounces out of his grasp but then like he's, he's clearly made an attempt to get the ball and it's 
it's definitely never a penalty. Yeah, the St. Mirren one, like, it's maybe, it's a bit silly. I think it's silly from Kelly, though, the Kelly defender, to not just get the ball to fuck. Yeah. Like, if you know what I mean, if he's trying to guide that back to the keeper, just, just boot it. Just put your foot through it and put it out the side of the park. At that late stage in the game, it's silly to not do that. Um, I don't think it's a penalty, but yeah, it, these things happen. The St. Mirren came in, he got he got round and he, he almost nicked the ball off the defender and the goalie comes and gets the ball but then takes a player and obviously the ref again, he sees it as he sees it and you just got to sort of accept that <laughs> again. But both teams getting penalties that, I don't know, I've seen the Kelly one again and I think it's an unfortunate one because it does look like he does get the ball first. But it's just maybe from the ref's angle and yeah, again, it's been clumsy like that in the box, running in. But both teams getting undeserved penalties, which cancel each other out. And it took us all the way to penalties, to penalties. Well, before it went to penalties, um, uh, Doyle had to make a, a great save to st- um, stops at Mirren from getting a, a late late winner to actually let it go to penalties. Well, sounds sounds like we've got Buzz Lightyear somewhere. Um, we'll just try. It. Really thought we'd never never be seeing him again. Um, yeah, and it was only one missed penalty. A good penalty. All of them were good penalties, to be honest. Yeah, I mean St Mirren just smashing them home making sure that they yep. found the net and that's that's the best thing to do apparently make sure you find the net uh, Jack Hannock was he's quite an active goalkeeper and um, I've noticed when he's in a penalty yeah, shot he kept side to side moving about, yeah. Touch. Yeah. that can be distracting sometimes he's actually quite a good goalkeeper like um, especially for like a team like St Mirren he's actually quite a good stop shot uh, shot stopper. Stop, stop shopper. <laughs> yeah, shot stopper. Yeah, uh, no, 100%. But it was St. Mirren that went through. I believe, was the draw made? Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Draw has been made. Yeah, it was made. Lovely. Um, so we have semi finals of St. Mirren for St. Johnson and Dundee United taking on Hibernian. The St Mirren St Johnson game will be on Premier and BBC, and the Dundee United Hibs game is on Premier only. Well, uh, it's going to be exciting. Those are two yes. two fairly decent semi finals. I mean, if Dundee United that played just played Aberdeen turn up against Hibs, and they'll get they'll surely they'll give them a game. Well, and if the Hibs that played in the their last semi final tonight, where they get. Hammered fifteen off St Johnson uh-huh. in the League Cup. That'll be a good they one. Turn up and yeah. And St Mirren St Johnson, that's going to be a good game as well. It's the St Mirren side that will, will be right up for it because they've got nothing else really to play for. Uh, St Johnson as well, they've got so this this is their focus. Both teams just have to focus on this. Yeah, I know. Um... Well, realistically, all te- all the teams have nothing else to play for in the league. True. Yeah. There's a few position. No changes up for grabs, but it's it's actually really good for um 
Scottish football to see um, other teams apart from Rangers or Celtic go for these trophies. It's actually quite, obviously, I'm not happy about it, but it's quite um, refreshing to see, like, especially, like, it's going to be uh, two great ties in the semi-finals. Like, it's probably the best combination, I think, you could have got for the semi-finals. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I mean, I I could see either team from either side, either tie going through into the final. Uh, St. Johnson, obviously, they, they've got... It's huge for them. They could pick up a, a cup double, which is huge um for them like it would be a ma- massively great season and uh manager of the year quite clearly would be um Callum Davidson if you're asking me well even um even if he doesn't win it even if he gets to the final you've still got to or even in, even with him being in the semis he's still got to be in contention uh, yeah he's up there 100% up there for me with Gerard winning the league, obviously it's it's his to his he's the clear favourites as of right now. But for these um other teams to um to be doing so well in the cup with like the budgets of is minuscule compared to um, um correct correct me if I'm wrong pumpkins. but manager of the year is purely based on um the league, isn't it, or is it based on a combination of it all? Um, I think there is a the the Premiership Manager of the Year, but then there's also the uh, PFA Manager of the Year, mm-hmm. I believe, which is based on uh, if Ka- the if, whole spot. Um, but it also it takes into consideration like how good like the champion. Like, I'm, I'm I don't know where Robbie Nielsen will be in contention for it. <laughs> um, he did struggle, but yeah, as um. Mid midweek this week is only League One fixtures on. Is the tail end of the season. League one, and, League one and League Two. Sorry, and League Two. I completely forgot League Two is a thing. Sorry. Is that there's actually some fixtures ongoing just now? Are they now? Yes, um they are. Ah, well. That's fine. So uh, predictions for this week will be based on the Thursday fixtures for League One and League Two. I didn't realise they were on right this second. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, okay. Uh, let's just do predictions then for Thursday night. Um, Start you off, Elgin v Sterling, Craig. Well, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm being a wee bit swayed by Elgin's result right now. They are four, currently 4 up against Shunrar. Um, So I'm going to go for 3-0 Elgin. Um, well, I'm I'm obviously a, a League Two expert. Um, basing it on the last time they played, which was a score draw one one, I'll expect the same again. Score draw one one. Um, I reckon anything can happen. Um, I'm gonna say two one to Sterling. It's not there to give us his prediction. Matt is here, and he is going to say 2-0 to Elgin. Matt hasn't been as active this podcast because he's struggling along on hotel Wi-Fi. 
Yeah, shout out to Premier in Boston for the shite Wi-Fi. Um, I will go two one Elgin, and next up Queens Park in Marseille. And this will be a a good game. I think it'll be a, a score draw, two each. I also go with score draw, but I'm going to go four all four four. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Game of the day. Sure. Queens Queens Park on the conceded nine uh, goals before what, that, what that you game. What did the score was, Bill? Sorry. Four four. Four all. The score was. <laughs> Time traveler. Um, I reckon the score will be Queens Park three, Edinburgh City one. I'm gonna go with a score draw one one. And I've already done all my scores for all these games, and I put three one Queens Park. Oh, I didn't see that. I might change mine now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, Brecon Annan. I think this will be a a dreadful game, uh, to say the least. But I do think Cannon will be able to come out in front uh, 2-0. Uh, we say that as if Breakin is currently winning a game of football. It's against Cowden and Beef, though, Matt. Yeah, but still, they don't win with a game. That's better than the last bloody Breakin' Cowden and Beef game that I had to bloody suffer. But anyway, for me, I'd go Annan 1, Breakin' nil. Um, I'm gonna go the other way and go breaking one and a nil. Ooh. Who's this guy in second place? You're predicting one nil breaking, honestly. He's the guy. Um, place. I'll go with uh, two nil to Annan. Uh, I'm gonna go score draw one each. I put that down before I remembered that uh, breaking are absolutely tragic, but we move uh, to Stenhouse Muir Albion Rovers. Oof. A nil-nil draw. Stenhouse Muir 1, Albion Rovers 2. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Albion Rovers 2 now. Uh, one nil Stenny. And I will go 2-1 Albion Rovers. Again, disclaimer, I already put my scores in. Uh, on to League One, I almost called it Championship, it is not. Montrose v Cove. 2-1 to Cove Rangers. Uh, I think I'll go... 1-0 Montrose. Uh, I'm going to say 2-0 to Cove. I'm going to agree with Jura. 2-0 to Cove. And I'm going 3-0 to Cove. Uh, Partick Falkirk. Ooh. Hmm. 3-1 to Falkirk. Score draw, 1-1. One, one. Uh, Partick 2, Falkirk 1. Matt. It's always concerning when Matt's, Matt goes uh, we'll silent. Matt and we'll move on. He can fill it in when he can. Yep, I'm going to score draw two each. 
Uh, what's next? East, East Fife, Fife v Peterhead. Yep. I'm going to go for. 3-1 to East Fife. I'm going to go 2-1 to East Fife. Uh, I'm going to say score draw, which I normally don't like. One all. And we'll just get Matt to fill in at a later date. Um, and I'll go East Fife 3, Peter 1, Peter 1 head. Yep, Peter head 1. <laughs> And finally, it is four for. Don't know why I've said it like that. Four for what? Four for V Clyde. I'm telling you, my score already. Well, I'm gonna go for. No, no. I'm gonna go for four for one. Clyde, five. <laughs> I'll have what Billy's having. I'm gonna say Clyde three one. And that's us. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to say score draw one each. You're in a rush? Yeah, dick hole. I thought you said I'll tell you your score. I thought you did. I wasn't paying attention. Um, we will announce that uh, Matt has lost connection. So, RIP. He can't say goodbye this week, but it's goodbye from Matt. Then we'll be sending you uh, a letter of uh, complaint to Boston. Yep. Feminine. Um. Yeah, that's that's it. It is another week done, and uh, Craig's going to say goodbye. Goodbye, Jura. Uh, as always, thanks to listening. Th- thanks to listening. Thanks for listening to the Four Side Podcast. Um, and Billy, who looks like he's about to to start a 100 metre sprint <laughs> I've never sprinted in my life uh, no, goodbye from me from me and Matt and everyone uh, goodbye, good night, and god bless <laughs>